Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And once again, welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am happy to be here on a Thursday morning. Before I start the show, I would like to wish everybody, all my listeners, all my supporters, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays as we reflect on this holiday season. I do want to thank all my guests that has helped me out this week, taking the time from their busy schedule during this holidays. And the guest list continues because on today's show, I have a very special guest, a former colleague of mine, former play-by-play broadcaster of Freed Hardman University, Rob Frazier, is going to be on the show. This will be his second appearance on the show. And we're going to get into some bowl games. We're going to break down all the bowl games. I want to remind you that the interview was recorded yesterday. So the news that broke that Texas A&M is opting out of the Gator Bowl, that has been news that's passed. So now Rutgers is taking the place and we'll take our Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. So we've got a great show to talk about. I'm going to preview the San Francisco 49ers Tennessee Titans game tonight on the NFL Network. The Atlanta Hawks are back in action, but they are shorthanded with all the players out because of COVID. They dropped a game to the Orlando Magic 104-98. to Despite Cam Reddish's 34 points, they just didn't have any players left. John Collins pitched in with 28, and that was all she wrote. The Atlanta Hawks will take on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight before that big game against the New York Knicks on Christmas. And Army defeats Missouri in the Military Bowl. All right, let's get into the show because the Atlanta Hawks, they were very limited last night. Trey Young was out because of COVID. You had Clint Capella out because of COVID. Danilo Gallinari out because of COVID. And the Atlanta Hawks drop a contest to one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Orlando Magic, at home, 104-98. to And the Atlanta Hawks, and they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Well, Texas A&M opts out of the Gator Bowl because of injuries, because of COVID, because they have three players that decided to opt out to enter the NFL draft. And so Texas A&M will not play Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. But the Gator Bowl committee does have a replacement, and that's going to be Rutgers. Rutgers started off pretty good this year. They went 5-7. and seven. Yeah, I know they're not bowl eligible, but they at least get to play in a bowl game. And Greg Schiano is trying to bring back that program. So it's going to be Rutgers and Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl on New Year's Day. Okay, I want to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. This is going to be coming from a longtime 49ers fan, but this is a strictly non-biased sports rant in regards to the San Francisco 49ers this year. First of all, They were one of the preseason favorites to reach the Super Bowl. Yes, I put them up there with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. They started the season 2-0. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers leading the pack back into field goal range and beating the 49ers on Sunday night football, the 49ers would have been 3-0. Yes, they had their problems. 
an embarrassing, humiliating loss to the Indianapolis Colts in a monsoon on Sunday Night Football. An embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals with backup quarterback Colt McCoy beating them. And the Cardinals physically just pushed them around. You can't blame it on injuries. I know that there were times that the 49ers didn't have George Kittle. They didn't have Elijah Mitchell. And the Seahawks were able to beat the 49ers twice this year. But right now, the 49ers are 8-6. and six, About to go into this Thursday night football game against the Tennessee Titans. They are a 3.5-point favorite. And I think the 49ers are the most dangerous team that you do not want to play. If they sneak into the playoffs, if they have to play at Green Bay, I I, I highly doubt it. I think Green Bay is going to get the number one seed. If they have to sneak into the playoffs and have to go at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is beat up right now. Chris Godwin is out for the season. If Tom Brady is not comfortable, if he doesn't have all his weapons, I see Tampa Bay regressing. And I think the 49ers match up very well with the Buccaneers. I can see the 49ers going into Dallas and giving the Cowboys trouble. Although I think the Cowboys right there with the Green Bay Packers is one of the best teams in the NFC. And it's because of their defense. They have two defensive stars. Linebacker Micah Parsons, who's going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's even in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. And Drayvon Diggs, their talented corner who has 10 interceptions. When was the last time you saw a player with 10 interceptions? I think Everson Walls back in the 1980s with the Cowboys. 10 interceptions. I mean, I went to high school with Delta O'Neal, and I remember he had 9 interceptions. But this is a tough matchup. The 49ers are playing on a short week. They're going into Tennessee. I expect a lot of 49ers fans to represent in Nashville. They travel well. I saw the 49ers fans take over Jacksonville, where it was pretty much 80% 49ers fans in Jacksonville. The Titans fans are very passionate. I don't think they're going to give up their tickets that easy. But there's still going to be some 49ers fans. They're going to find a way to make it to this game. matchup I do want to see is, can Jimmy Garoppolo find time in the pocket use the run game, and get the 49ers elite. If the 49ers get the ball to start the game, they need to march down the field to go up 7-0. They have got to find a way to take a lead in this game so they can do what they do best. Run the football, play physical defense. There might be a chance that Dre Greenlaw comes back from injury. Al Shire might come back from injury. The 49ers are depleted at linebacker. They're banged up at corner. Manuel Mosley's on injury reserve. They lost Jason Verrett for the season in the beginning of the year. And Josh Norman is a shell of his former self. I was just tired of seeing Josh Norman getting pass interference calls. And now the 49ers have to rely on two rookie corners. Ambry Thomas, who's probably going to get his third straight start. And DeAmre Lenore, who's actually been pretty surprising in spots. But he's not a starting cornerback. Not just yet. Still a rookie. Still has time to develop. I expect the 49ers to win this game. And I know that that's going to really hurt the Titans, especially with the Indianapolis Colts, a game behind them in the AFC South. But the 49ers should have no problem winning this game. They should beat the Texans next week. And depending on what the Cardinals do against the Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks, the 49ers have a chance to win the NFC West. That game against the Rams could be for the division. Which, by the way, the Rams are playing great. Cooper Cup 
should be in consideration for offensive MVP this season. I mean, who hasn't been more valuable than Cooper Cup? And the Rams are starting to hit on all cylinders. Von Miller finally got a sack in that Seahawks game. And Aaron Donald got a sack. And I know I was very skeptical about the Rams and all their superstars. They don't equal champions. They don't equal championships. But Sean McVay is a good coach. He's going to figure it out. And the Rams are there. They're right there to win the NFC West, which I think could happen. They take on the Vikings next week. It's going to be in Minnesota. If if anything, the Rams need to continue winning because you got the 49ers right behind them. The 49ers have the tiebreaker with the Rams. If they have identical records to end the season, if the 49ers are able to beat the Rams in week 18, the 49ers have a chance to overtake the Rams in the division. Now, they have to have a better record than the Cardinals because the Cardinals beat them twice. But the Cardinals are free-falling. DeAndre Hopkins is out for the season with an injury. J.J. Watt lost to injury in the beginning of the year. And Kyler Murray has regressed. I know in the beginning of the season, Kyler Murray looked like an MVP candidate. But now, he's starting to regress because defenses are figuring him out. So looking at possibly what could happen in the NFL playoffs... The Green Bay Packers currently have the number one seed. I don't see them losing a game all year. They're going to finish the season 14-3, and and they're going to lock up that number one seed. Now it's up to the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, which oddly enough, the Cowboys have the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers because they have a better conference record. So conference record actually trumps head-to-head. Remember, the Cowboys and Buccaneers played on opening night, and the Buccaneers won that game. The Cowboys would have the number two seed. The Cowboys still have the Eagles. They have the Washington football team. They have the Cardinals. I think the Cowboys could win out and get that number two seed, which would leave the Buccaneers, who also have an easy schedule. They play the Panthers twice, and they play the Jets. So I still think the Buccaneers are probably going to get the number three seed, which leaves the number four and number five seed to the NFC West champion. And it could be Cardinals, Rams, or 49ers. That first playoff game is going to be the Rams versus the Cardinals or the Rams versus the 49ers. It, it's going to be interesting to see because I'm looking at the schedule. Because I, I want to take a look at the three teams that are left in the NFC West. And that's why tonight's game is very important that the 49ers are able to win against the Tennessee Titans if they want to have a chance for the division. The Cardinals and Rams are currently 10 and 4. Both teams are 10 and 4 on the season. 49ers are 8 and 6. The Cardinals have the toughest schedule left. They got to play the Indianapolis Colts who just beat the Patriots on Saturday night last week. They got to play the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. And then they close out the season taking on the Seattle Seahawks which are going to play for something. Seattle is not going to give up on the season even though they're almost just about eliminated from playoff contention. Seattle always plays Arizona tough. I see see Arizona maybe going to 10-7, which means that the 49ers are 11-6. The 49ers would win the division. So if the 49ers win out and the Cardinals lose, the 49ers are NFC West champions. Now looking at the Rams, because they take on the Vikings in Minnesota. I think that is a tough game for the Rams. And then they take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens are playing for something. Lamar Jackson should be back, should be healthy. That's not an easy game for the Rams. 
And so you're looking at a situation the Rams could be 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 going into that 49ers game. If the 49ers are 10 and 6 and the Rams are 11 and 5, 49ers win, they win the NFC West. But I think the Rams win the division. So with the Rams winning the division, the 5th seed, the 5th seed could be either the Cardinals or the 49ers. I still think the Cardinals make the playoffs, but they might drop all the way down to the sixth seed. And then you got another rematch. And it's hard when you're playing a team in the last week of the season. Then you got to turn around and play them again. It would be very difficult to beat that team three times in a regular season, let alone back-to-back weeks. I really am excited that the NFL decided to go to 18 games because these games matter It's not even Christmas yet, and we still have all these teams in the NFL alive for the playoffs. I'm looking at New Year's weekend, January 2nd. These games still matter. We still have a Monday night football game in January. That's unheard of. And then the second week in January, the day before the national championship, we still have NFL playoff games. We're not going to decide the NFL postseason until mid-January. And what's great about having the Super Bowl on February 13th is that's President's Day weekend? Is we're going to have football the second week in February. So I am looking forward to the NFL football season. And as a 49ers fan, I am skeptical that the 49ers could make a run in the playoffs But this is Jimmy Garoppolo's team. He's having his best season. His last five games, he's had a quarterback rating of over 100. I still think drafting Trey Lance was the right move. He's the quarterback of the future. Let him sit for another year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I expect Jimmy G to come back in 2022. The 49ers should be favorites every season as long as they have Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo under center. But that NFC West has always been tough. All right. On today's show, my guest is no stranger to the sports beat. He's been on before, pre-pandemic, when this podcast was taken off. And now he's back on for a second time. My, it's my colleague from Freed Harmon University, a play-by-play announcer of Freed Harmon basketball and baseball. We were both play-by-play announcers. We even did some games together. We shared the duties of color commentator and play-by-play. And he is one of the best. And the interview actually was great. We had some fun talking about bowl games. And I would like to have him back on the show. The thing about this podcast is I want to try to have more guests on. Guests just make this podcast sound better. I'm going to have guests line up for the new year. So I will make an announcement once it's official. But there are more guests coming. But yesterday's show with Brad Page on pretty much broke records for the most listens in a day. That is cause for bringing Brad Page back on the show. He is a very interesting person, and I know a lot of the people that listened to it were people we went to Freed Harbor with, but that was a great episode. I'm looking forward to getting Brad Page back on the show. You know, I think it's time to go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, I will have Rob Frazier on the sh- I will have Rob Frazier on the show. So stick around. You don't want to miss it back after this short break welcome back to the show you are listening to the sports beat with richard holdridge and 
On today's show, I have a very special guest. He is a former colleague of mine, Rob Frazier. He did play-by-play announcing at Freed Hardman University at the same time as I did. And we came up in broadcasting together, even called a couple of games together. We'll reminisce about that. That was fun. Rob, welcome back to the show. I, I forgot to mention that you have been on the show before, and it's great to have you back. Yeah, this is a great time to do that uh, during this uh, wonderful holiday season. So uh, coming to you today from West Virginia here in Mountaineer country. West Virginia, always great to have you on the show and your insight on sports. So on today's show, we are going to talk about college football, bowl season. We just had National Signing Day, and we're going to also talk about NIL and how is it going to affect college football. But before we begin, I got to tell you, it is a privilege to have you on the show you are a play-by-play announcer. You were a play-by-play announcer at Freed Harmon. We did some games together, and I enjoyed listening to you call games. Rob, I got to tell you, do you miss it at all? Absolutely. I uh, have given my life the last uh, 20 years over to full-time ministry, um, but in, in that time and in, in the places I've lived, I've had opportunities to uh, do some announcing, and most recently I was able to help with Ohio Valley University in West Virginia, a small Christian university uh, with great people and a great history. And unfortunately, uh, after this semester, they uh, decided that they they had to close. Um, so it was been it's been really good the last two years helping them uh, pretty much on a volunteer basis, uh, doing their uh, their basketball games at home. Uh, it was actually a uh, public address uh, announcing gig where I was. Uh, Announcing the players, which you know all about. You're announcing the players and calling the game uh, to the audience there and also playing uh, playing the music uh, when they would go to timeouts. And uh, they were so appreciative of that. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, good students, uh, great teachers and coaches there. Uh, so, yeah, it's all about having fun and uh, certainly not about a big paycheck by any means, but just having fun and, uh, and doing what you love and um, getting as many people involved in it as possible. And Rob, I'm glad that you were able to have an opportunity to do that. And I really appreciate you being on the show. I know during the holiday season, a lot of these local radio stations take their Christmas break, and there's so much sports to cover that they don't come back on the air until January the 3rd. And so we have bowl season. We just had National Signing Day. What we're going to do on this show is we're going to go through all the bowl games. And to start off, what bowl game are you looking forward to the most? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm originally from uh, the Memphis, Tennessee area, so uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited for them uh, getting to go to Hawaii and – and uh, enjoy that that beautiful location for them. Uh, so I'll probably uh, catch a little bit of that game. I'm hoping they they can win that game. That'll give them a, um, I believe, like a seven and six record. Uh, they had a lot of injuries this year, um, and, but I'm just uh, glad to see them uh, continually have a good record in football. Uh, for years, they were kind of the doormat of the league. So uh, they've had uh, some great coaches come through there. Uh, Justin Fuente, who went on to coach at Virginia Tech. Of course, Mike Norvell, who's at Florida State now. 
uh, and uh, Ryan Silverfield. So uh, that's that's my home team there, the Memphis Tigers, uh, where I grew up. Uh, so I'll definitely be watching that. And I like to uh, catch some of these smaller schools too because uh, it seems like it means a whole lot to them uh, to be able to make that bowl game. But also what I'm seeing, a trend I'm seeing, Richard, in the bowl games. It seems like in just about every bowl game, not everyone, but a lot of them, one team seems to care about it more than the other. And uh, so that might lend itself to uh, to some upsets uh, in the bowl season. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of this upcoming bowl game between Central Florida and Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl, which is happening tomorrow on ESPN. Gus Malzahn, who's coming in, taking over a Central Florida program that was led by Josh Heupel. He's now in Tennessee. Central Florida, a couple of years ago, they had this stake that they felt like they were deserving of have, having a share of the national championship because they went undefeated and they beat Auburn. They've had a down year this year, but Florida, who fired their head coach, Dan Mullen, is 6-6. Six and six. They're playing in this bowl game. You got Embry Jones that's entering the transfer portal. I'm wondering if the Florida Gators are going to show up for this game and Central Florida, who feels that Florida is a rival, Florida already turned them down for a home-and-home home during uh, future schedules. I think Central Florida is going to show up and pull off the upset. What do you think, Rob? That's a great pick. Uh, absolutely. As I said, uh, I'm not a betting man, but I'm interested to see what the odds will be on that game. They're probably out already. And Central Florida, they may very well be favored. Uh, if not, I think uh, I think they win that game. And I think Gus Malzahn will have them ready, especially in his first season there in Florida, seeming like they've got one foot out the door, uh, just kind of ready for the season to be over. Yeah, Florida is ready for the Billy Napier era, which I think that's a great hire. Florida has already had some players flip. There, there was a four-star safety that was committed to Georgia. He flipped to Florida during National Signing Day. I think Florida is back as a contender in the SEC East with Billy Napier. I, I thought that was a great hire. Yeah, he's a yeah, uh, Billy Napier's a great hire for sure. He's uh, a wonderful, uh, young, and up-and-coming coach. Um, I like the fact that he uh, stayed with Louisiana as long as he did. And uh, he seems to be very committed to uh, the players and establishing that, that culture. Uh, so he'll, he'll do really well. Hopefully he'll win right away uh, because it's always good in the SEC when it's competitive. Um, I think people are kind of tired of, you know, one or two teams dominating the whole league. And really, Rob, I think the SEC is going to cannibalize each other, especially with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma in 2026. I see a scenario where Alabama and Auburn jump to the SEC East because geographically that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of changes going on. You know, their moves is affecting everybody else, so – um, that's why we see coaches jumping around and players jumping around. A lot of people think that's why Lincoln Riley uh, went ahead and left Oklahoma. Uh, they're kind of giving him a hard time that he didn't want the he didn't want the smoke. He didn't want the competition. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot of coaches moving. You have players entering the transfer portal. National Signing Day was crazy because the number one recruit in the nation. The wide receiver slash cornerback, Travis Hunter, out of Collins Hill High School in Georgia, the five-star athlete, committed to Jackson State. Did that shock you at all? 
that he's committing to head coach Deion Sanders over there at Jackson State? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because uh, obviously uh, this is the first time uh, that this, this sort of thing has happened in many, many years. Uh, let's talk about what's good about it. What's good about it is uh, I believe um, that uh, all of these schools – uh, deserve equal and fair opportunity. Let's level the playing field, um, especially uh, your HBCUs, which have a lot of pride. And in terms of athletics, you know, I'm all for it. And uh, to tell you the truth, I just been I've been following it the same as you have. And a, at a couple of games this year, Jackson State had more people in the stands for a home game than some of these major Division One programs. So, uh, you know, more power to him. Dion said it's not about the money, uh, that, that he just wants to come play for me. And, uh, and I, I believe it. I really do. Rob, funny you mentioned that because Dion Sanders used to have a song in the early 90s. You remember the title of the song on his album, Primetime? <laughs> uh, something about money, I'm sure. Must be the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. there, there is uh, there's some financial gain opportunities, right, with the uh, with the NIL and uh, and them being able to maximize on their name, image, and likeness. And uh, more power to them, uh, you know, uh, because I remember those days, man, when we were in college and and what. Uh, now we're not famous by any means, but what we were eating, what we were having to eat. Uh, in the dorm rooms late at night and how much money we had on hand, huh? Oh, yeah. I I do remember those days in college having to try to earn some money from your work-study job, maybe getting a part-time job, and just doesn't really do well with your studies, especially if you're trying to, you know, use that time wisely. But I just felt like I needed some extra money to – to go enjoy an evening in Jackson for the night, maybe go to the movies or go play miniature golf. I mean, we really didn't have a whole lot of options. That's what we did at Freed Harbin is, is going to Jackson and just enjoying the night on the town. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're no different, you know, they're no different. And, um, you know, just because we're older now, uh, you know, we should think about them and, and, and their lives and what it's like for them. A lot of people don't do that. And I just like to think about them and what's in their best interest. Uh, certainly, uh, coaches can do whatever they want, right, and go wherever they want and make as much money. Uh, so uh, it's good for these players to go to whatever school they want to go to and uh, maximize on their name, image, and likeness. Uh, and the coaches uh, that are complaining about it, uh, they'll either learn to adapt and adjust or uh, they'll get out of the game completely. Absolutely. Okay, Rob, bowl season is my favorite time of the year. And the more the merrier. I know they're starting bowl season earlier and earlier. We had a bowl game on Friday, December 17th, starting with the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee State taking on Toledo. Those games have passed. We had Missouri and Army yesterday. Tonight, we have North Texas taking on Miami of Ohio. We talked about Central Florida and Florida. I know you're looking forward to the Memphis-Hawaii game in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. That's always a tradition, having that bowl game on Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock at night Eastern time, but it's usually in the afternoon over there in Hawaii. Great for the players. They get to enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that earlier uh, in this episode and um, looking forward to uh, that game. Uh, something to watch uh, uh, or record and watch later. Uh, yeah, Christmas, it's Christmas you know. Eve. I'm going to spend time with my family. I, I might 
peak of that game. But starting with the Christmas Day game, Georgia State taking on Ball State. And it's been a while. I don't remember bowl games on Christmas. I remember the Aloha Bowl back when I was a kid. But there's so many bowl games now that we're now having football on Christmas. You remember, Rob, when Christmas was dominated by the NBA? So do you remember? I I don't remember. It's been a while since we had bowl games on Christmas. But we had the Tax Act Camellia Bowl, Georgia State taking on Ball State on Christmas Day. We have NFL games on Christmas. We have the NBA on Christmas. Do you think that's too much? Do we need bowl games on Christmas? Because it seems like the NBA owns Christmas Day, but we got to put these bowl games somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't agree with the college bowl game being on Christmas Day. Just, again, thinking about the student-athletes. Uh, but in terms of professional sports, you know, it is what it is. I think a lot of it, uh, Richard, is the fact that uh, Christmas Day is on a Saturday this year. Uh, so I think that's a lot of what it is. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Professional sports is one thing, but give the college students a break on Christmas Day. Yes, I absolutely agree with you, Rob. And then we're going to get into all the bowl games next week because it gets really hot and heavy fast because these are the major bowl games that we are used to starting on December 27th at 11 in the morning. Wow. Western Michigan taking on the University of Nevada. followed, And that is in the Quick Lane Bowl. And then at 2.30, we have the Military Bowl as Boston College taking on East Carolina. So that's your bowl lineup on Monday. On Tuesday, this is the game that I'm actually looking forward to the most, is Houston taking on Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl. I know a lot of fans in Auburn taking that trip up to Protective Stadium, the new state-of-the-art stadium in Birmingham, home of UAB. But Houston, who gave Cincinnati quite the scare in the American Conference Championship, taking on Auburn. So I'm actually looking forward to that game. Of course, Bo Nix entered the transfer portal. TJ Finley is going to get the start for Auburn. I know they had a rough season, 6-6 six and six under first-year head coach Brian Harson, But, Rob, I tell you, they gave Alabama quite the game in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, and I think there'll be a little bit of letdown there. Um, Holgerson, he's uh, he's kind of a mad scientist uh, with the stuff he comes up with. I, I'm going to go with Houston on that game. I agree, too. I think uh, Dana Holgerson, he coached at West Virginia, so you're very familiar with him. And I think Auburn doesn't show up in that game. Although, having a losing season, I remember what it was like. You know, these 6-6 six and six teams that – become bull eligible sometimes you know sometimes they play hard because they want to have a winning season but sometimes it's a letdown game especially houston a very talented team that almost beat cincinnati in the american conference championship all right and then the final game on december actually december 28th has a big slate of games we have air force in louisville in the first responders bowl then we have Mississippi State taking on Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And I know you being from Memphis. Oh, yeah. The Liberty Bowl is a very rich tradition for you. I'm sure as a kid, that might have been the big get to try to get tickets to that game. And I think that's going to be a very good matchup between, you know, Mike Leach's high-powered air raid offense with Will Rogers. I actually – 
enjoy Mississippi State because they put up video game numbers. I mean, because that's usually when I play video game football, all I want to do is pass. And that's what the Mississippi State Bulldogs do. <laughs> yeah, and going up against uh, his former team there in Texas Tech obviously didn't end well for him. But uh, he brought that program up out of the ashes. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I think they did that on purpose, huh? You know, pairing them two teams together. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mississippi State on that one. Uh, they're close to home. I think they'll be up for it. All right, Rob, and try not to be biased on this one. We have, okay. the, guarantee- we have the guaranteed rate bull, West Virginia <laughs> taking on Minnesota. Who you got in that game? Let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, lots of storylines on this. Supposedly, uh, Minnesota uh, was upset uh, that they were even selected to play West Virginia in this bowl. They think they should have been in a better bowl. West Virginia, just happy to be in a bowl game. Um, They'll be highly motivated. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers on this one. All right. And then the following day, December 29th, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Obviously, this bowl game is going to be played (laughs) at Fenway Park. Uh, Yeah, in Boston. Boston. (laughs) Got to love these bowl games in baseball stadiums. You got SMU taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. You know, SMU actually had a hot start in the American Conference. They were ranked as high as they were pre-death penalty in 1987. Do you remember as a kid, SMU football before the death penalty, where they were one of the best teams in college football? Oh, absolutely. Of course, they uh, produced Eric Dickerson. And, uh, yeah, they were quite the story, and they even made a 30 for 30 about it. So, yeah, rich history there. Uh, they've come back. They've come back from the ashes. I uh, had several good coaches there. Of course, Sonny Dykes, who brought the program back up. And uh, I'm going to go with him on this one. Uh, I, I don't know if Sonny's coaching them, uh, but uh, I believe they'll win that game. And then we have another game in another baseball stadium. So you got you got a bowl game in the Boston Red Sox stadium. Now you have a bowl game in the Yankees stadium, the New yeah. Era Pinstripe Bowl. The University of Maryland Terrapins taking on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Both teams 6-6. Six and six. Mike Loxley doing a good job with Maryland, although they're in the tough Big Ten with Tua's younger brother at quarterback. And then Virginia Tech just fired Justin Fuente. Who you got in that one? Uh, yeah, let's go with Maryland on that. Anytime you just fired your coach, they're, they're kind of piecing together a staff there. They may have some players that aren't even going to play. So let's go with Maryland on that one. All right. And then at 545 in the Cheez-It Bowl, two programs that were – Love some love some Cheez-Its, man. Oh, oh man. Yeah, they, they're going to have the, all those Cheez-It commercials with the footballs anyway. So two programs that were preseason top ten. Clemson, which was favored in the beginning of the season to make it to the college football playoff, taking on Iowa State. You would say that both programs have had disappointing years, but that is a matchup between two head coaching titans, Dabo Sweeney for Clemson and Matt Campbell for the Cyclones. I am looking forward to this game. Clemson has a shot at getting, you know, a very, a, 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 you know, a successful season, even though they had three losses. But who do you got in this game? I think Clemson will be highly motivated uh, to go ahead and win that game. 
because they don't they don't want to go out with another loss after, like you said, after the season they've had. And uh, one of the the greatest uh, trophies you'll ever see, I believe, the trophy is actually stuffed with Cheez-Its. <laughs> that is funny. And then in the the evening game on the 29th, you have Oregon taking on Oklahoma in the Valerio Alamo Bowl. And it's actually the first bowl game where I saw two teams that should have been in a New Year's Six bowl game. And they're playing each other. I don't know if this is like a consolation prize, but the Alamo Bowl has always had two teams that are just great. And they're playing each other. You got Oregon, who's got a... Mario Cristobal is gone. He's now at the University of Miami. You got Dan Lanning, who's going to be the new head coach. Bo Nix is going to be an Oregon Duck. He entered the transfer portal. There's a lot of expectations for Oregon. They open the season next year in the Chick-fil-A kickoff against Georgia. And then Oklahoma, of course, losing Lincoln Riley to USC. Their new head coach is now Brent Venables. Uh, Caleb Williams, a very talented quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. He's going to get the start. Spencer Rattler entered the transfer portal. He's now at the University of South Carolina. Rob, there's a lot of moving pieces with both Oregon and Oklahoma. Who you got in this game? Oh, this one, uh, to me, my confidence pick is going to be with Oklahoma, and here's why. Uh, Bob Stoops agreed to coach this game. So I'm going to go with uh, him and his coaching experience uh, being able to rally the team together and get the win. That's a great pick. I think Oklahoma does win in this game. All right, so we're getting closer to New Year's Eve, December 30th, the Duke Mayo Bowl, and I believe – I love it, love it, love it. Love it, man. Lots of lots of jars of mayonnaise being handed out. (laughs) And you can't ask for a better matchup in Charlotte, North Carolina. The University of North Carolina taking on South Carolina – now, North Carolina had a down year. Sam Sam Howell, who was projected to be one of the top quarterbacks in next year's NFL draft, he had a down year. Shane Beamer got the South Carolina Gamecocks to a 6-6 six and six season to become bowl eligible. And there are high hopes in South Carolina with Spencer Rattler coming next year. I think they're going to play for pride. I think South Carolina is going to come up in this game. And I think South Carolina pulls off the upset and beats – a North Carolina team that was ranked in the top 10 to start the season. But who do you got, Rob? It all depends on uh, the quarterback play in this game. If the quarterback for South Carolina uh, isn't motivated thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to be replaced anyway, uh, you know, if there's any kind of, you know, ill will there. Uh, And then, of course, North Carolina coming in with Mac Brown. uh, So the experience there, Uh, I'm going to – closely shave North Carolina's way on this one. All right. And then at 3 p.m., we have Tennessee taking on Purdue in the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, practically a home game for the Vols. You know you're going to see that orange all over Nashville. It's going to be at Nissan Stadium where the Titans play. So you're going to have just a sea of orange in Nashville to take on a Purdue team that played some pretty good opponents. They played Ohio state pretty good. They upset Michigan state. They played Notre Dame pretty well. I think Purdue is going to come out and they're going to show out in this game, but Tennessee has a bright future with Hendon hooker, Josh Heupel. Tennessee has a very explosive offense. They gave 
Alabama a game through three quarters. And I think Tennessee wins this game. And I'm not trying to be biased to Tennessee because you live in Tennessee. But, you know, I think Tennessee does win this game. What do you think, Rob? Yes, absolutely. I don't think uh, Purdue's defense can keep up with their offense. Although their defense is good, I don't think their defense is that good. And with it being in Tennessee, that's a great bowl game for the Tennessee Vols fans. Some of the most loyal fans in all of college football, so uh, happy for them, happy for them. Now this next game, which is going to be in my home state, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, it's kind of a letdown because Pitt is playing Michigan State. However, Kenny Pickett has decided to opt out for Pitt. And Kenneth Walker for Michigan State, the star running back, has decided to opt out for the Spartans. I really don't know which way I want to lean because I don't know if Pitt is going to be able to overcome not having their quarterback because quarterbacks make all the difference. So I think Michigan State is going to win because Mel Tucker just got that extension. He is a good coach. Michigan State was right there with all the other teams in the college football playoff. They rallied to beat Michigan, but then they got steamrolled by Ohio State. I did not see that coming. And Michigan is just, Michigan State is just trying to salvage their season. So who do you got? Yeah, I'll go with you on that. I think Michigan State wins this game. But uh, one talking point that uh, – we wanted to cover in this broadcast is some about the players opting out of bowl games. So this, this might as well uh, be named the who knows bowl, right? Because uh, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see some players uh, in this game that, that maybe didn't get as much PT, but a lot of coaches see their bowl game. uh, If it's not one of the big ones uh, for that purpose to just uh, see what they got for the following year, but I'll still go with Michigan state on this one. Okay. Now we have, Wisconsin and Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Now, Wisconsin, they haven't had a great year. Uh, They've had some losses to Penn State at home. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Notre Dame. And Arizona State, they have some turmoil with the program. I thought that Herm Edwards did a great job bringing them back. Who do you got in this game? Absolutely. I love Herm. Uh, and I'll go with Arizona State on this one. I think they'll uh, they'll get it. It'll be a good game, though. That's a, that's a good one uh, to mark on your calendar just, you know, this time of year, right, where you, you know, may, may be available to watch it. I think that'll be a good game. All right. New Year's Eve, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I, I got to be honest with you, Rob. I think this game is a mismatch. Texas A&M taking on Wake Forest. Texas A&M, just clearly the better head coach, Jimbo Fisher. He locked up the number one recruiting class, according to Rivals.com. I mean, Alabama might have something to say about that. But Texas A&M is going to be ready for this game. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Texas A&M beats down Wake Forest. Yeah, uh, you're looking there at uh, strength versus strength in terms of the seasons they had. So the dividing factor to me is the conference that they were in. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Texas A&M wins this. Uh, Jimbo's – he's very much a uh, guy that wants to prove a point uh, in his bowl games. So, yeah, I'm with you on this one. All right. Now, I'm going to save the college football playoff matchups till the end of the show because I'm really excited about these games. So we're going to skip over to New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl I'm always a fan of the Outback Bowl because somebody 
is going home with either coconut shrimp or free blooming onion the next day at Outback. I can't really decide which one I like better, but you got Penn State taking on Arkansas. Who do you got in this game? Well, obviously, uh, for me being an SEC homer uh, in, in a lot of ways, I, I, I would love for Arkansas to win this game. I love that story. Uh, of uh, Sam Pittman coming in and reviving that program. There's a lot of pride there. They got a good quarterback. Um, but you never know with James Franklin. Is he going to really care about this game and have his players up for it? Uh, so I'm going to go with Arkansas on this one. All right, we got the Citrus Bowl. Iowa taking on Kentucky. And Kentucky has a chance to have one of their best seasons under Mark Stoops. And Iowa is just one of those programs that they beat up on the weaker teams, but when they get into a big contest, they normally don't show up. They were able to beat Penn State, but Penn State didn't even have their quarterback. I think Kentucky wins this game because Mark Stoops is a great head coach, and Kentucky has just shown something this year under head coach Mark Stoops. Absolutely. And uh, how much uh, will the other team – really be up for it because I I think, again, you have a scenario there where they thought they should have had a better season and been in a different game. So, yeah, I'll go with uh, Kentucky on that one. Okay, next we have the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, which is Oklahoma State taking on Notre Dame. Now, Oklahoma State was seconds away from possibly making it into the college football playoff. I I actually personally think a one-loss conference champion in a power five conference probably would have gotten over a Cincinnati team. But I still thought that if Georgia would have beat Alabama, Oklahoma state would have gone into the college football playoff. So they were so close. Now they get to play Notre Dame, also a one loss team, which lost Brian Kelly to LSU, but it's not so bad because their new head coach is defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, which is going to be coaching in this game. So Notre Dame hasn't really lost a lot, but these two teams were trying to get into the college football playoff, and now they're going to face each other. I really like the the style that Mike Gundy plays in the Big 12 with Oklahoma State. They have a very good defense, and so does Notre Dame. Who do you got in this game? This is a tough one. Yeah, tough one here. It's kind of a toss-up, huh? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Notre Dame. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I think the the, uh, young coach has got a lot to prove, and uh, he's got a good team that seems to be highly motivated. So uh, let's go with him on this one. I agree with you, Rob. I think Notre Dame is going to win. Now we got the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. And I know that Ohio State kind of feels shortchanged being in the Rose Bowl. They feel that they were the best team all year, and I would have to agree it's just that they ran into a buzzsaw with Michigan. But Utah, coming out of nowhere to beat Oregon twice to win the Pac-12. I love the tradition of the Pac-12 taking on the Big Ten. I think Ohio State comes to play. They want to prove to the country they're the best team in college football that just had a bad game against Michigan. It, it, I mean, it was just a perfect storm. They're playing their longtime rival, Michigan, that always loses to Ohio State, but C.J. Stroud has had an incredible season. He was a candidate for the Heisman Trophy. And I think Ohio State steamrolls Utah and proves a point to the rest of the country. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with you on I agree with you on most of that. Um, oh, Utah is is a great program. Had probably one of their best seasons in a long time. They're good, but they're not Ohio State good. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I got Ohio State in that one. All right, Rob. We we got two more games, and then we'll talk about the college football playoff. Baylor taking on Ole Miss. Baylor wins the Big 12. I think Dave Aranda has done a great job, but this is also a mismatch. Lane Kiffin, you know he's going to get up for this game. He's playing in a New Year's Six bowl game. He's got his quarterback, Matt Corral. Now, Ole Miss didn't have a great recruiting class, but you know Lane Kiffin is going to throw the kitchen sink at Baylor, and I think Ole Miss gets the win. That game right there will be fun. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a little bit of a homer on the SEC, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping and uh, I'm going to pick Ole Miss on that one as well. That, that'll that be a fun game. You know, Rob, we have not disagreed on any of our picks. We got All right. Let's, yeah, we're going to disagree. We're going to disagree, disagree on the next few. Yeah. All right. All right. So the next one, and oddly enough, playing on January the 4th, the Texas Bowl between LSU, who is six and six, Max Johnson's entered the transfer portal. He is going to go to Texas A&M. I heard that Brian Kelly is going to coach in this game, which is shocking because he just accepted the position at LSU. And of course, K State, they've always had a very successful program in the Big 12. I don't know. I, I want to lean LSU, but I think Kansas State is going to try to prove that they are a good team and they belong. I'm just a just to make things interesting, I'm going to pick Kansas State in this game. Call me crazy. I, I just I just want to pick somebody so we could disagree. But what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's a strong possibility. Again, just looking at the differences in the conferences and how they play football, uh, supposedly the strength of LSU is their defense. Uh, so I'm going to go with LSU no matter who's coaching. Uh, I think they've got a lot to prove as well. All right, Rob, the moment we've all been waiting for, the college football playoff. I had to skip this to save this for the end because I cannot wait for these two games, the Cotton Bowl, to start things off. The University of Alabama taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats. The Bearcats made history by becoming the first non-Power 5 conference team to make the college football playoff. They have a great quarterback in Desmond Riddler. And they do have a great team, and they just about beat everybody. I mean, they went undefeated in the regular season. Alabama is a two-touchdown favorite. Bryce Young just won the Heisman Trophy. Alabama heard all week going into the SEC championship game that they were an underdog, and they were not on the playing field as Georgia. They used that as motivation, and I rewatched that SEC championship game, and I kind of felt that Alabama felt disrespected. They utilize their weapon, Jamison Williams. He is an outstanding wide receiver. They're not going to have John Minchie, though, but Brian Robinson, their star running back, is back, and he is healthy. I don't know. I want to lean towards Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati could give them a game, maybe in a quarter, but Alabama is going to prove that they are just the more dominant team, and I think they win to play in the national championship, who who do you think is going to win this game, Rob? Absolutely, yeah. Everyone is happy for Cincinnati, 
and especially people that like to have something different or give other teams a chance. So they're kind of like representing the underdog role here. Uh, I have kind of grown on Nick Saban. Uh, you know, I really like the guy. Of course, he's a West Virginia native, kind of that old school coach. Uh, I love his press conferences, and ha- he said that. You know, everybody was counting us out. You know, everybody thinks we're supposed to be here every year. Uh, he's really got that team motivated. Uh, I think I think they win this game, and and hopefully it will be a good game for Cincinnati's sake. Uh, not a not a total blowout or anything, but uh, yeah, let's let's go with the Crimson Tide on this one. All right, and finally we have the Capital One Orange Bowl. Michigan taking on Georgia. I cannot wait for this game. Georgia did not play their best game against Alabama in the SEC championship. However, I saw some things that I liked. Georgia can move the ball on Alabama. Stetson Bennett, actually, he had a couple of bad picks. But the health of George Pickens is going to be the key factor in this game because I feel that Georgia has better players than Michigan. But Michigan might have the better coach. I think Jim Harbaugh... He's been around long enough. He's going to have a scheme to try to slow down Georgia and slow down that running game. It's going to be strength on strength. Georgia's offensive line going up against the D-line of Michigan. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people expect, but I think Georgia does pull it out right at the end, and they will play Alabama once again in the national championship. I know this is not what the country wants, The country wants Alabama versus Michigan because Michigan is the more popular college football team in the North. But I'm going to say Georgia sneaks out a very close win. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, wow. This is what you call a juicy matchup in sports lingo. Uh, I think uh, that Michigan is also highly motivated. Um, and also they've got a great defense. Uh, in fact, one of their players was a Heisman Heisman finalist, I believe, on the defensive side of the ball. Is that is that correct? Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, he was a Heisman finalist. He's actually, according to Todd McShay, the number two projected pick in the NFL draft for 2022, which I, I think he can go number one. He has been dominant. I saw him in that Ohio State game. He can wreck a game all by himself. And I think that could be the X factor in this game. But, yeah. Absolutely. And the quarterback position is a huge factor in this game. You may see a deal where uh, if the Georgia quarterback is struggling, that uh, old Kirby uh, pulls a switcheroo and puts his uh, his second-string guy in there who used to be the starter uh, in the middle of the game. We've seen that in national championship games before. I think Saban pulled that a few years ago. I agree. It could be a possibility, but you know Kirby Smart is going to ride and die with Stetson Bennett. It's been Stetson Bennett's team all year. And even though he made some mistakes in that Alabama game, he actually has pretty good footwork in the pocket. And if Georgia can get the run game going, he's going to utilize his talented tight end Brock Bowers, which I feel that Brock Bowers should have won the Mackey Award. He was the best tight end in college football. They didn't give it to him because he's only a freshman. But Georgia is going to use their weapons. And we talk about that historic Georgia defense. I know that Bryce Young moved the football on them. But I just don't see Michigan's quarterback with a vertical passing moving the football up and down the field against Georgia. What do you think? 
Yeah, they're definitely definitely not going to be able to run it down the middle on that defense, huh? So uh, the narrative is this. Uh, the Big Ten Conference, uh, you know, is a good conference, but when it comes down to the brass tacks, you know, when you're getting into the Final Four and the championship and they go up against an SEC team, you know, how well are they going to do? Most of the time they lose that matchup with the very best teams of their conference. So how could you not pick Georgia in this game? I- I'm going to go with Georgia. Great pick, and uh, I know that we we pretty much agreed on most of our picks. Uh, Rob, it, it's really been a pleasure just breaking down all the bowl games this year, and I had fun doing the show. I, I really did, and and we got to get you back on this show again because your insight on sports is just outstanding, and I really had fun doing the show with you. Thank you. It's been a great episode. Yeah, we focus mostly on – uh, college football, um, but getting into uh, later December and early January, we'll have the NFL playoffs firing up, and it's going to be so fun this year, Richard, because uh, this is a year of parity, uh, a lot of upsets, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun too. Absolutely. I want to thank Rob Frazier for being a guest on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Rob, Definitely would love to hear from you again, and I appreciated just your knowledge and insight on sports. Thank you very much. And as far as national championship game, if it is Alabama and Georgia, that'll be a toss-up. I don't have a pick on that one. It's hard to pick against Saban, but uh, if that happens, uh, the rest of the country will hate it, and the SE fans will absolutely love it. Absolutely. It'll be just like 2018 all over again. (laughs) Absolutely. Got a party like it's 1999, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bringing it back to our Freed Harmon days. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, man. That's right. And appreciate you having me on. And uh, God bless you, brother. And good luck with uh, the uh, minor league soccer season coming up and uh, all your future endeavors. Thanks, Rob. That was Rob Frazier, my former colleague, the former play-by-play announcer of Freed Hardman Athletics. You are listening to The Sports Beat. That's all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners, and don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel, and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. So stay tuned for next episode, and I will see you then. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdred. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdred. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.